today talking about the Southern California schools move to the Big Ten and a little bit of culture shock, a little bit of temperature shock uh, if they're going on the road late in the uh, in the year to some of those different Big Ten places. There's no way for them to prepare for that. That's that's <laughs> tough. Uh, What's going to be more of a of a shock, the weather or the fact that there's actually more than seventy thousand people at a football game? No doubt, USC and UCLA going to deal with that one. What? Huh? What? Mm -hmm. Okay. No doubt about it. Uh, All of the above is going to be a shock. Um, Do you think? And I know a lot of people have felt like Lincoln Riley was. Headed to USC, and then he's headed to the NFL. Do you think, does this move change your opinion on that? Does it happen slower? Does it not happen at all? Does it happen faster? No change? Uh, Assuming that he didn't know, like like a lot of people have reported, that they were going to announce that move to the Big Ten, like he was out of the loop on that. I uh, I think it accelerates that move, most likely. I think what's going to happen here, and it all depends on which job is open and which one's offered to him, but if the L.A. Chargers job is open and it's offered to him, I think he might take that gig with Justin Herbert. If the uh, Dallas Cowboys is open uh, after this year, like I think it might be, I think he might take that job. I think it, though, heavily depends on what it looks like this year for USC. If he rolls in there with this recruiting class and this transfer portal and he rips off a 10-2, and 11-1 season and wins the Pac-12, I think that maybe that could change things because it shows that, okay, he really is about to turn USC into what a lot of people nationally think. But if they don't have a great year this year, if they're a 7-5 and five football team and they struggle against the better teams they play, and he can tell that the road back to the top is going to be a lot tougher than he imagines. Yeah, I and I think that the latter is way more likely. I, I think that, that the wheels really start to turn on, all right, let's find our way to the NFL here. Huh, yeah. Uh, I wonder if they have a rough first year, things don't go well, and the, the second year is whole hump. I guess what I'm saying is, how long does he have while his star is still bright to to make that jump to the NFL as a head coach? Well, I hate you to know, use it doesn't this, last long. It can yeah, it can fade but, pretty quickly. But I you know, I, I don't know if it's fair to use one isolated example, but Cliff Kingsbury told us you can go fail at tech for like what, five, six years that he was out there and still find your way in the NFL. It's true. So that's definitely true. And and yeah. you know, Lincoln Riley has has more prestige next to his name offensively or hype, whatever you want to say, than Cliff Kingsbury ever has in his career. So, like, to answer your question, I I think it will – that avenue will always be – because it just seems like doors are always still open for offensive guys, not so much defensive guys. But if you're labeled as an offensive guru – People are way more likely to give you a second chance. Cliff Kingsbury is a great example. Steve Sarkeesian, who we talked about last hour, is a great example. Failing at USC and then getting the Texas job. And I think Lincoln Riley probably falls into that as well. If he doesn't have a great first two years at USC, Cowboys are hiring him, Chargers will hire him, someone will hire him. I have no doubt about that. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, probably right. It's fascinating to me. Just like I said, I wish I could be a fly on the wall whenever that announcement came out, how much notice he had, um, when he was informed, what his reaction was, what they think of it now. Um, you know, they probably think that it's going to going to help in recruiting and i'm i'm just i'm not so sure on that i think the the instant answer is oh yeah it's going to be better they're going to be in a more relevant conference yeah it's uh it's going to it's going to help them out but i don't know man i don't know i don't know if you were trying to choose between the big 10 and the sec and I, USC is going to now be in the Big Ten. I, I don't know. Maybe it maybe it does work out best for him. Maybe it does help recruiting. But I'm going to have to see it to believe it because yeah. they've already been recruiting well. I don't know. Yeah, it better go well in these first two years, or I think you could be bailing pretty quick. Uh, we mentioned it once today, and that's it. I, I thought that there would be more outrage, to be honest with you, about the uh, Big 12 football preseason poll. If you if you didn't see it, Baylor is picked to win the conference by the media with 17 first-place votes. OU got 12 first-place votes, picked to finish second. Oklahoma State third with nine first-place votes. Texas at four with two. Kansas State at five, and then somebody, I don't know who, Picked Iowa State to win the conference. They come in at six. I um, the outrage just isn't there. Like I, I pulled the text line earlier, and it's just yeah. I mean, whatever. I almost feel like these things have been leading up this off season, and clearly the fan base is always going to be pulling for OU. But whether it's like the coaching staff that's here, or the guys that are currently on the roster, like Dylan Gabriel, who's extremely likable. I feel like Marvin Mims is extremely likable by the fan base as well. Might there be an opportunity this season, because I think there is, that this fan base maybe feels, and I don't know how exactly I want to word it, but feels closer to this team, pulls harder for this team. I think you understand what I'm getting at, but I feel like there's a closer sense to this team I think that's going to happen this year than maybe some of the previous teams of the past. Yeah, yeah like well, you get I what think, I'm, you know, like more of a yeah. bond with this squad. I, in the past years, there's been you know maybe a quarterback on the team that the fans were pl- pretty split about. Oh, maybe he's selfish. Maybe all he cares about is nil. I don't feel like there's that guy on this team. You know, and and everyone's all around the coaching staff. I think all this negative attention and. All the things that have happened the past two days, maybe there's a sense that this team's is special in our eyes compared to some of the previous ones. Yeah, I I think anytime you've you've got something that is downplayed by everyone, um, you know, it, it, I I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that the the fan right now is sick of hearing about how dead Oklahoma is, how bad it's going to be in the SEC, how uh, Venables has never been a head coach before, and how great USC is going to be, and how great Texas is going to be. I think everyone's sick of hearing it. 
Uh, it's been a nonstop onslaught for, you know, going on seven months now. And once you've heard it a thousand times, it just doesn't rile you up very much anymore. But trust me, whenever it's time to finally start playing football and Oklahoma starts winning and winning big and looking good doing it and being the the tougher, uh, more aggressive, more physical football team and punishing people, my guess is OU fans are going to let everyone hear about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that there's a – and I know that the home games aren't – you know, just up and down the schedule great this year, but maybe there's a scenario here where it's more intense in the stadium. There's more crowd noise at home games because everyone is clearly in the corner of this football team. There is – I know there's that T-shirt out there, Oklahoma against the world, but it kind of feels like the fan base is really taken to that, taken to that, you know. Everyone else is against us. No one cares about us. Everyone else thinks we suck. But we actually think that we're going to be good and we're going to – because, you know, at times you razz like – OU fans are no different. You razz on your own team and you say, I, I, I just feel like everyone is in the same corner going into the season. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, – I don't know. It's going to be wild to, to watch how this season unfolds and how the fan base – responds to the team um, depending on what happens right if if you win how do they respond if you drop some games how do they respond my feeling is the response if you were to drop a couple of games will be different than it's been in years past it might be um, different from the response of when they were like seven and oh last year you remember that it was yeah. a negative feeling yep. around here, and it was an undefeated football team, which we all knew that there were issues, and clearly there were. We were right, but, like, yeah, I, I mean, you get my point. I think everyone else does. I don't think that tense environment will exist next year if this team starts 7-0. and be the exact opposite. Right. I just – I am – I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm so confused. I don't even, it's like I don't even believe that there's people on the other end of some of these articles. I, I, I feel like it's, it's something that's being generated somewhere just to piss me off. Which because, I'm, I am for that, <laughs> to be honest. I'm 100% behind that. It's like it's none of it is based in in anything that makes a damn bit of sense. None of it, none of it, and just perpetually fed the same narratives and just blindly supporting things and saying how great something's going to be based on what? It's it's so weird, man. Well, I yeah. don't know, dude. It, it, it goes to like the media; they're they're never at fault here. Like they they can't ever admit they're wrong. It, it is kind of the thing here. There's no real punishment for being wrong. There's not. You can write crap articles that you know is going to get a lot of clicks and attention, and there's no repercussions from it. Well, here's and this is a problem with journalism as a whole. It's not just sports journalism. It's 
just journalism in general. The change with social media and and news in that like Twitter is like one of the the biggest drivers for journalists to to get their articles out there. There it's no longer about you know insight and and fair balanced reporting and and you know diving into something. It's about how quickly can you pump something out and you're paid based off of clicks and traffic and what are you going to do you're going to write articles for clicks and traffic and what that means is you're not actually telling the truth you're not actually trying to piece things together to come up with a prediction you're just solely writing to what is going to generate the most traffic and clicks for whatever it is that you put out there. It's an absurd way of doing news, journalism, oh, yeah. well, the whether wor- it's sports or whether it's political. The worst is the websites that just repurpose and redistribute the opinions of someone else and just put it up on their oh, own, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. oh, let me get some text here. Franco from Ardmore, talking about that Big 12 preseason poll, can't find much to depreciate from Baylor and their program, culture, they have earned it. Yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, they they have earned the right to be picked as the number one team in the preseason yep. poll. I, I disagree. I would pick OU, but you can't have too much beef with it. Only thing better than being picked number two is if we were picked number three. Schmitty is already telling him how worthless they are. <laughs> o, OU right. football account did put out a tweet earlier that basically said, yeah, we saw that, we got it, but it's earned during the season. We know when it's earned. Right. The guys right. the guys yeah. on Austin Radio were butthurt that Texas was pick fourth. They drink their own friggin' Kool-Aid. Yeah. Well, Texas has and I will I will be up front and say that you know, Texas has some positives to build on this year. They do. Um the freshman quarterback is not one that I would consider a positive to build on. But they do have some things that are that are positives. You can't, off of what you know, you cannot, in good faith, make a vote or a prediction that Texas is going to win the conference. You cannot do that. Happened twice. It, I know. But you cannot do that. That is... It's, it's, a, it's a joke to the, to the whole voting of whatever this thing is, the preseason poll, which, you know, some would say it's a joke anyways to even have it. That's fine. But the reason mainly it's a joke is because people don't take it seriously. And, well, maybe this year it'll hit. You, you just can't do it. They've, they haven't shown anything within the last decade that would lead you to believe they're going to go in the conference. And after going 5-7 and seven last year, it's – it doesn't look very promising right now. So yeah. to pick them to win the conference is to make a mockery of the entire vote outright. Yeah, I mean, to the Austin radio hosts who are upset that Texas was finished, uh, finished to finish fourth, I think that there's more teams below them that should be ranked in front of them than teams above them that should be ranked below them. Like, for instance, I, I think that 
Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I'm all, I'm good with all three of those teams being picked in front of Texas. And I think all three of those teams will be better than Texas this year. But I think Kansas yeah. State, who is ranked behind UT, I feel very strongly that Kansas is going to fit or excuse me, Kansas State's going to finish higher in the Big 12 poll at the end of the year than Texas will. Preseason defensive player of the year, Adrian Martinez if he stays healthy, I think is going to be a dude. And they've got the most electric special teams player in the conference in Malik Knowles, who I think took uh, took a kickback against OU last year. Throw Deuce Vaughn in yes, there. Yes, he did. Um, I, I really like Kansas State, and I definitely like them more than I like Texas. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Agree. So, uh, actually, I, I think, think Texas ended up on the higher end of things. <laughs> I, yeah, I, they did. They did. Now – you do have to admit that, and this is a massive if. I fully understand that, but you do have to admit that if they they get the play out of of some of these guys that everyone has uh, predicted and basically trying to beg into existence, then yeah, Texas is going to have a, a really good football team, but. As we've said before, the talent is not the issue at Texas. The culture is the issue. The atmosphere surrounding the university and the program in Austin is the issue. So that is yeah. where I think they're going to continue to have the problem. But even your, but even your if result. really kind of starts and ends with the offensive side of the ball. If Quinn Ewers is great – if B. John Robinson stays healthy, if their wide receiver core is all that it's cracked up to be. But defensively was the real issue last year, man. And maybe it's a good thing they don't have a ton of starters returning, but they don't have a ton of starters returning from that defense last year. They're, those ifs could, be a, could happen for Texas. They could be one of the best, if not the best, offense in the Big 12. But I don't, regardless, I don't think they're, they're, they're going to be able to stop anyone. What they give well, up. they were the second best offense in the Big Twelve last year, and were five and seven, right? And exactly. lost six straight conference games, which hadn't been done by Texas since like the fifties. Arkansas scored forty on them. Uh, Tech scored thirty-five. That was a blowout. Uh, TCU scored thirty-two. OU scored fifty-five. Tech, uh, Kansas scored fifty-six. Even if their offense is good this year, I still don't think it's going to equate to an eleven and one, ten and two season because they're going to have to win in a shootout every single week. Every week. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, pretty wild. But we'll see how it unfolds. I think um, – I do think that the, the conference is going to be really competitive this year. I think there's several solid teams. There's teams up like, like in Oklahoma State, who was really good last year, I think has a chance to be – uh, good this year how good it's hard to predict because they've lost a lot of players they've got a new defensive coordinator but they still have even though they lost guys they still have some of the best talent defensively in the conference on that defensive line so yeah and i i i don't like texas schedule either man um at oklahoma state at kansas state who i think they're they're not as good as those back-to-back road games Alabama at home. Uh, really, I think, um, let's see, Texas' five toughest games are Bama, OU, at OSU, at Kansas State, and Baylor at home. So they their five toughest games, only two of them are at home. 
and it doesn't really matter where the Alabama game is, they would lose it. So that's that's tough for them. They could they could lose all five of those very easily. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today, I-44, exit 107. Extend our bashing of Texas football to just a couple more uh, minutes. I'd appreciate that because you know I love the uh, opposing coaches' takes on certain teams across college football. Well, I've got my Athlon magazine right in front of me, and here's what one opposing uh, opposing coach says about Texas: When they get off the bus, nobody in college football looks better. Then they play you, and it all comes back down to earth. Bottom line, there's no dressing it up. They didn't play hard defensively last season. I don't know if it's because they didn't have all the pieces they needed or there was a cultural issue transitioning from the last staff, but they either chose not to play hard or didn't know how to. Either one is possible. Culturally, not enough has changed there. You look at the OU Texas tape and they're on fire or they're trying to be. Watch them after three losses and they're over it which is exactly right. what I've been telling you about this team. Yep. No, yeah. Nothing's there, on the table in October. See ya. They're done. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, one of the interesting things is, and I don't know, I could be wrong on this, but one of the things I find fascinating is, as bad as it's been at Texas, there's not there's not a whole lot of guys that transfer out. At least guys that um, you know and hear about, right? Yeah, I mean, and select few, but not. I, I see what you're select getting at. Few. Right. What I'm saying is, like, if I feel like everyone goes there and you know it's bad, and we're five and seven. And there's a rift between the coaches and the players. We we heard we all heard and saw the video on the bus after getting beat by I don't even remember who it was Iowa that week. Iowa State. After getting beat by Iowa State. But no one's transferring out. Why? Because they like the the life there. They like the you know, being the star at Texas. Yeah, you went five and seven, but man, life in Austin uh, is awesome. If you're a football player and you're a superstar, so I don't know. I think it's I think it's strange that that happens. That the results continue to be bad, but no one wants to leave and go somewhere else, and it's because it's a country club. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, let's see what Doug and Norman has to say on the text line. This should be good. Doug says, according to you two. Anyone else, all the national media, whether TV, radio, or print, who doesn't pick OU to be number one obviously doesn't know anything. Gentlemen, OU hasn't won anything except the Big 12 on a national scale for over two decades. Two minor league radio hosts on a minor league radio station continue to pander to your ardent Sooner Nation really doesn't have any real sway. 
Well, you know, it's the same thing that, that comes from this guy over and over. And you start off, if you're, if you're really going to try and make a point, you need to at least have something behind it. Have either of us ever, have we picked OU to win a national championship this year? Sadly, no. I have not. Our, our, I don't even, I don't even, uh, I don't know anyone that has, anywhere. And maybe some people pick them for the playoff, and that's more of a, that's more of the way things lay out than it is that they're actually knocking on the door of a national championship. That's not what it's about. I mean, you just mentioned uh, how often they've won the conference. That's what we're talking about here. And it's the hypocrisy, right? It's the hypocrisy that we see over and over and over across the country with how things are viewed differently at different universities. And, hey, I get it. You're, you're not an OU fan. That's fine. But... You can't argue with what what the results have been. And here's the thing. The results have been pretty good, and there's a ton of room to get better. I Not even close to squeezing everything possible out of the players on campus. I just believe that the staff that we have now is going to do exactly that. So, Doug, pick Texas to win the Big 12. Or pick uh, Iowa State to win the Big 12 if you'd like. That's fine. Do that. Tell all your buddies that you're picking uh, Texas to win the conference. Do it. Please. Let us know uh, how bad you're laughed at. He did get the minor league radio host part right. That I can't. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it goes without saying. Yes. Should have started with that one, Doug. Then you really would have had our attention. Yeah, of course. Doug, I embrace that. What's wrong with the miners? Doug is uh, getting some hate. Doug from Norman must be Traber's burner phone, which I've been laughing at that for a couple <laughs> minutes now. Uh, yeah. Well, you, well, you know, hey. it's always it's always kind of the same thing. I'm trying to remember what it was last time he said. The last time he came on and tried to make some grand statement, and it was totally asinine and on its face was totally wrong in everything that he said. Yeah, but you know it's it's the constant it's the constant deal. But hey, he's from Chicago. Come on, he's kind of Doug's a nice guy in person, but we know what we're getting with Doug. We met him once, and he was actually really nice. Right. Yep. I mean, here's the thing. You know, I get it. Right. I'm definitely biased towards Oklahoma. There's no doubt about it. But I've got backing. I've got uh, a basis for everything of, of, of what I what I think where it's coming from, and oh, that's that remind Doug is the guy that said that you can't claim that Brent Venables has been a part of winning national championships. He was not the head coach. Yes, because he wasn't the Correct. head coach. Yes, that's we had a that fun was, name with that his, one. That was the last thing that Doug said. You know that I remember. But hey, I, I got bias, but. I think there's I think there's good backing for the things that I that I think and you know I I will tell you that I had tons of problems with the way the 
program was run previously. And I said it all the time, right? Uh, constantly complaining about the strength and conditioning program, constantly, constantly complaining about how easy it was and what some guys could get away with. And, you know, I think all of that, literally all of it has been eliminated. And the development of the players on campus, I think, is about to go through the roof. Yeah. Yeah, and that was on uh, that was on the head coach that you're talking about because um, sounds like there are some assistant coaches that are no longer here, at least one, that recognized that that was a problem, but the head coach didn't see it as a problem, so it was never really addressed. Yeah, fair, that right? Fact. Yeah. More than one, uh, more than one coach. But fact, yes, that is correct, no doubt, and. You know, at the end of the day, I I believe that what Venables is doing is the right way to run a program, and it may not all happen overnight. But I I just it's hard for me to see the team not being better than what they were a year ago, and a year ago they were a perhaps a pass interference call away from playing in the Big 12 championship game, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I'm it, w- I just think because fundamentally they're going to be better. And if, like, that team last year is just fundamentally better. If they just tackle better, if they're stronger, if they finish better in the second half, if they can block somebody better, then it doesn't come down to a pass interference call in the end zone. So I just – the only way to me that they're not a better football team is if something significant were to happen to Dylan Gabriel. If he's healthy, though, I I fully expect them to at least match the win total from last year, but definitely look like a better football team. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, one of the other things is I believe that, you know, Lincoln Riley's offense had been number one in the conference for a while. All right, since he since he came to OU as offensive coordinator. But over the years, slowly but surely, it got worse and worse and worse, just by a little bit, just by a little bit. But whenever you like compare where it was last year with some of the previous years, and I understand they had quarterback problems, but, you know, those quarterback problems – they lie at his feet, you know, so it had fallen off dramatically. Now, Oklahoma now is going to have a different offense and not one that anyone's really faced. I guess Baylor faced it last year with not as good personnel at Ole Miss, but they did face it. In a quarterback that got hurt that game, Matt Corral, but right. yeah, sure. Yeah, but they did see it. But, I, I mean, I think that's one of the, the critical factors is everyone that built their defenses to stop Oklahoma is going to have to kind of reshuffle and readjust how they do things because Oklahoma's offense has changed. So, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Three of the rush, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, we're the home of Sooner fans. It's the ref. I'm starting to get really worried, man. I was hoping 
what was his name? Braden Keith of SwimSwam.com would have the huge scoop that the SEC is, in fact, negotiating with Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and Virginia. But no one else is saying that this is true, and I see my opportunity, our opportunity, of being reunited with Mac Brown slipping away by the hour. Yeah. <sighs> well, back. Uh, stuff like this, it usually doesn't get reported. Uh, the story broke by someone kind of off the beaten path. So it's kind of interesting. But this one is like so off the path that you're kind of like, dang, like, who does he know? Who does he talk to? Like, where does he come up with this? Because it seems like a, like a totally, it's so random that you almost want to believe it, right? <laughs> well, no, I, I do want to believe that SwimSwam.com broke this story. But regardless if this is accurate or not, it's probably been the best day ever for SwimSwam.com. No one knew it exists right. before today. Well, not very many people, and now. It's the uh, it's the headline of the day. SEC negotiating with Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and Virginia. All right. That is amazing. Hey, do you have anything that you want to um, like get out there, like uh, get some advertising for? Yeah, because... I mean, Doug from Norman's OnlyFans, you know, would be good. <laughs> Because I mean, we could we could piece together a tweet real quick and make it sound legit, put it out there, and draw some traffic to Doug's OnlyFans yeah. side if we want to. SEC negotiating with Duke, Tulsa, UMKC, North Dakota State. Link here, and it's just to <laughs> Doug's OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but it will come when you least expect it. From someone, who announced the USC to USC UCLA? It's a guy that writes for uh, a newspaper out on the West Coast, basically. Yeah, Yeah. you'll get it from someone that, whenever the SEC or one of those schools wants to let people know, they'll they'll call someone with that scoop that they trust and want to put out there. So, I was pretty surprised by OU. Speaking of conference realignment. Was pretty surprised by OU fans this past weekend because um, a, a tweet was out on our uh, Twitter page, and it was basically like, "What do you hope happens to Oklahoma State in conference realignment?" And I'm not saying that the majority of responses were, "Well, I hope OSU finds her place in the SEC," but there were way more than I thought there would be of genuinely uh, caring responses that they hope Oklahoma State lands on their feet. Now, social media doesn't always tell the actual truth of things, and I feel like this is one of them. There can't be Hmm. that many OU fans that I saw this weekend that actually care where OSU ends up in all this. Uh, Especially with most of them hoping that they roll on to the SEC. Really? I I guess I don't know whether or not I hope they go to the SEC. I hope our... Uh, series with them continues. I think that I think Oklahoma State has a top-notch, top-tier athletics program across the board: baseball, softball, football, golf, 
um, I think they're really, really good. And I do hope that they stay in a top-relevant conference, whether it's a Big 12, Pac-12 merger, whether it's going to the SEC with Oklahoma, whatever those options are, I hope it happens because they're a legit program. Totally deserving. All right. Well, you sound like 30% of the responses on Twitter, and I'm not believing it. It's true, though. Hmm. Well, who it's who, true. Who are OU fans universally hoping that just gets totally screwed by all this and gets left in the dark? Texas, Texas. Tech? Tech? Well, Texas is already good in the SEC, but. Well, yeah, they're going to the SEC, but we hope they go uh, get – you know, destroyed. Oh, in the I, SEC. I don't think you have to root for that. Is there any doubt at all that that's going to happen? They they've sucked for the past decade plus in the Big Twelve. Now they're going to a tougher. Con- I mean, it's yeah, it's it's definitely going to happen. Well, that's what I expect. Oklahoma State is they they may be the most um, I underappreciated, reported on, talked about athletics program in the country with how much success that they they have. You think they're underreported around here? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think they're reported I think they're, quite a bit around here. I think they're underreported, and I the reporting that they get is like, over praising, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, you don't hardly hear anything, and I think some of it is maybe their own doing. On, um, you know, part of it is how do you market yourselves, you know, that that some of that falls on them, but yeah, it, you know, that kind of comes to the territory though of being where they are and uh, being a little bit smaller. And not, you know, haven't broke through on the national level. In a, like they've been totally relevant, but haven't broke through by like, championship wise to really put themselves sure. on the map. Like when's the last time, you know, they made the Final Four way back in the day? Um, have they made? When's the last time they made a? Have they made the final in a World Series? Uh, I mean, they've made the College World Series. They didn't make the Championship right. Series. That was about four years ago, four or five years ago, and I think maybe they were one and two in Omaha while they were there. But, yeah, outside yeah. that, it was the uh, Fiesta Bowl in 2011 and, got, I guess, really kind of the Fiesta Bowl last year. Right. So, like, they've done really well, but they haven't, like, they haven't broken through to really announce themselves on the national stage. I mean, that's kind of been the one thing that's that's held them back some. Uh, but, sh- yeah, R- real quick, yeah. Sean wants to remind you that if uh, the roles were reversed, OSU fan would not hope for the best for OU, which is a very, very fair point. A very fair point. Yes, yeah, yes, I mean, yes. that is true. That is true. But you have to, you have to understand that a little bit. I mean, Tyler, we talk about it all the time. If if you are like, it's hard to constantly watch someone else get praised, have success, and and continue to wish that person well. 
you know, at your own expense, like beating you at things. Uh, I So I kind of understand that mindset. I do. I do. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final segment from Newcastle Casino is next.